Chapter Nine of Plow Stories by Clara D. Pearson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Big Day. Samuel Alden used to tell his children as they gathered close to the fire on winter evenings, when Dakota blizzards were raging outside, that his people had plowed their way clear across the United States, from Plymouth, Massachusetts, to South Dakota. At first, the children could not understand what he meant, and once the eldest son, Nathan, had asked him about it i don't see how they could nathan had said the winter that he was ten if they went straight west all the time how could they ever get back to their homes to eat and sleep and how asked elvira who was a year and a half younger did they ever get any crops from the land they had ploughed if they didn't go back to plant and harvest them you can see from this that the alden children were very wide awake and that they meant to understand about the interesting work which their forefathers had done as well as that by which their father supported his family and samuel alden threw back his head and laughed with them in the pleasant way that he had and called out to his wife that she would have to help him explain it all she had been a teacher and he thought that she could do it better than he so when she had tucked billy tom and the small margaret into bed she brought her mending to the table where the lamp stood for an extra hour was to be permitted to nathan and elvira that night it began in the plymouth colony she said when they used rude wooden ploughs no two exactly alike which were built after the fashion of those which they had seen used in england and in holland perhaps they had seen the better ones in holland for the dutch people had such soil to work that they gave much thought to their ploughs the pilgrims used to cut down trees that had been twisted by the wind and shape their mould-boards from them you know what the mould-bore is the, the part that turns over and breaks apart the slice of soil which has been cut by the share those old ploughs had iron shares and coulters and sometimes the edges of these were of steel sometimes the land side was shod with steel also and they used to nail bits of old iron to the wooden mould-board to keep it from wearing out too fast i knew they went back to their houses to eat said nathan teacher told us all about them last thanksgiving they ate turkeys and corn and fish and venison and cranberries and all sorts of things so they had to harvest their crop or they wouldn't have any corn exclaimed elvira yes said mrs alden the colonists stayed there in their rude log cabins and ploughed and sowed and harvested john alden who lived there was one of your forefathers he was your great-great-great many times great-grandfather and he stayed right there in massachusetts added mr alden as the country became more settled however his descendants that is his children's children and their children began to settle in places farther west first new york then ohio michigan indiana illinois and so on wherever they went they took their ploughs for pioneers first settlers always have to be farmers and the most important tool a farmer has is his plough they ploughed their way because they were farmers living on what their ploughs enabled them to raise our ploughs haven't wooden mould-boards remarked nathan no said mr alden 
it is three hundred years since the pilgrims first felled twisted trees for us to use in that way since that time your forefathers have used better and better implements wise men have improved the old patterns and every improvement has meant better crops and a richer nation sometimes it has been a plain farmer who has made the improvements sometimes a blacksmith sometimes a statesman but whatever they were whether they made much money from their inventions or became poor because of them they were benefactors of their race always remember that nathan and elvira sat on the edge of their chairs awed by their father's earnestness and did not quite understand what they were expected to remember then mrs alden spoke again father means that they were helpers of people she said even of people whom they had never seen the wheat for our bread the beans which we ate at supper-time all were raised on ploughed ground and all those wise men helped to make our plough possible the milk came from the cows that ate the corn stalks that grew on ploughed ground added nathan and father fed corn from ploughed ground to the pig that grew our pork for our baked beans cried elvira and we wiped our fingers on linen made from flax that grew on ploughed ground added mrs alden almost everything that we eat or wear is better because of plough-makers and now you must go to bed so the children went off to dream of their pilgrim forefathers and mr alden lighted his lantern and fought his way through the storm for one last look at his livestock guided there and back by a stout rope which ran from a ring beside the kitchen door to a ring beside the barn door after this he too slept soundly for his crops were harvested and cared for his stock were safe and his family were well housed it was over ten years after that blizzardy night on which nathan and elvira had thus heard the story of the aldens that they again discussed ploughs and ploughing this time it was not indoors by the fire but outside over the foaming milk pails in the soft twilight of a dakota evening nathan was now twenty and elvira was a tall sturdy girl of eighteen and a half they had stopped to talk outside the cowshed where others could not hear them for they were worried and perplexed mr alden had been delayed in his ploughing until he now had several fields untouched while all his neighbours had theirs completed it was the first time that this had ever happened but he had had a sprained ankle and one of his best spans of work horses had been killed by lightning the loss of money had been bad enough but the loss of time had been worse for everybody knows that unless crops are planted in time they do not mature before frost when the horses were killed mr alden had done what he had long wished to do ordered a tractor plough gang ploughs drawn by three or four horses each had long been used in the neighbourhood and it had seemed for a long while that improvement could go no farther than it had gone in a plough which could be managed by one man and yet turn three fresh furrows each time it crossed the field in some places they had used tractor engines instead of horses 
and had hitched the gang plows behind them in such a way that strips sixty-five feet wide had been turned at once farmers had soon found however that this could be done on only the largest farms and that the turning at the end of the field wasted much time so these very large outfits were generally given up after that the papers began to tell of tractor ploughs suitable for farms of the usual size which could be managed by one man only it was such a one that mr alden had ordered and nathan had in his pocket a notice of its arrival at the nearest railroad station a man will be here to-morrow he said to elvira to show us how to run it and to get us started of course he wants us to succeed with it so that our neighbors will buy the same sort of implement now i want to see whether we can make one grand rush of the ploughing and get it done in time to celebrate when they have their big day in town will you go in with me and take your share of the extra work i don't know just what you mean but i'll help said elvira what i mean is this said nathan billy tom and margaret are fairly sick over the thought that the ploughing is going to keep this family at home when every other family for miles around will be in town for the celebration there is to be the finest sort of circus you know and fireworks and pretty nearly everything that youngsters like tractors don't tire out like horses and i figure that there are men enough in this family to keep one going day and night night exclaimed elvira why nathan you can't work in the dark i can work by such moonlight as we shall have this week he said and the lights on the tractor will count for a good deal billy could take his turn in the daytime tom is pretty husky too and he's as bright a fifteen-year-old as there is in the state it might be that he could take a turn now and then especially if we can get that agent to stay we'll try it exclaimed elvira tossing her pretty head i'll help mother cook the very best things he ever had offered him he won't want to get away there will have to be lunches for those who work at night said nathan warningly who cares cried elvira nathan let us make a regular game of it brother and sister shook hands on it like the good chums that they were and then they carried the milk to the house and laid their plans before their parents mr and mrs alden were not sure that the plan would work but they were pleased that their young people cared to try it mr olgaby the agent arrived in the morning by the time that nathan had brought the new plough out from town mr alden said to him our children want to keep this going steadily until the last furrow is turned do you think that they can do it that depends on them replied the agent if they are as plucky and strong as they look and if we have clear nights i see no reason why they cannot tom and margaret who had been listening around the corner of the house hugged each other silently and did a little war dance on the turf oh tom cried margaret we'll go to that circus yet you just see how good and helpful i will be watch me retorted tom i'm going to be a model child for a week or so billy was standing by the new plough listening to every word that mr ogilvy said and wondering whether he would be allowed to ride on the tractor seat to run the engine and work the levers which raised and lowered the plough bottoms the bottom you know is the part which really touches the soil 
the combination of share mold board and land side he meant to listen and watch and be ready to make the most of his chance if it came mr ogilvie turned the first few furrows and mr alden then took his place next nathan and then to his very great delight billy was allowed to climb into the tractor seat and try his hand he made bad work of his first turn but did better the next time and showed that he really understood all that mr ogilvie said mr alden had always declared that billy was the mechanic of the family margaret came to the door and shook a dusting-cloth just as billy gave up his seat to mr alden perhaps she shook it to free it from dust perhaps to encourage billy who can tell well if it were possible for a tractor to get out of breath the alden tractor would surely have done so that day back and forth back and forth back and forth it travelled until the sun rose high in the heavens and until it sank again in the west nathan ran it during the meal hours and he took his place at the dining-table only after his father relieved him at the tractor while he was splashing away at the kitchen sink before beginning his dinner he said between a puff and a snort what does mr ogilvie think about to-morrow he thinks your plan is a good one answered mrs alden as she piled a plate full of meat potato and other vegetables for him he says that if the plough is kept going constantly for twenty-four hours and the furrows are straight and the turns good he will send word all around to all the neighbours to come over in the afternoon to watch it at work turning its four furrows at once i'll wager that he gets more orders out of this sputtered nathan i'll wager that he gets a big day out of this whispered elvira as she passed him on her way to the dining-room all that afternoon nathan slept having arisen very early for his trip to town tom and margaret helped in many ways such model children at twilight when nathan awakened fresh and ready to spend the first part of the night in the field tom was turning the cream separator and margaret drying the last of the dishes while avira made ready his belated meal outside billy was taking a short turn on the tractor plough which is this sis supper or breakfast asked nathan with a smile decide for yourself i am giving you enough for both answered elvira setting down a pitcher of fresh milk call it breakfast son suggested mr alden pausing on his way to bed that will make it all right for you to eat dinner when i take your place at two it is going to be a fine night there is not a cloud in the sky then he went to bed tired and happy and nathan went out to take billy's place elvira cleared off the table and laid it afresh for the night lunches of her father and her brother tom and margaret hung around to talk over the day's work trust those children to be interested in the wonders of agriculture i'd like to know how it strikes the horses said tom they must think they've lost their job they are only taking a vacation said elvira there is plenty left for them to do they can rest now and work the better for it afterward that is what you must do play the game for all you are worth and go to bed early shoo shoo and they scampered off laughing and mr ogilvie to whom they spoke in passing looked after them with interest you have some fine boys and girls he said such young people as they are will be our finest men and women 
they know how to work and enjoy it what is this that i hear about a big day so mrs alden explained about it and he nodded and said uh-huh i see i see well they may be trying to earn a frolic now but they learned how by good steady everyday work when there was no treat in sight the elder daughter of yours is no new hand at cooking there is not much to tell about that night the moon shone brightly and nathan worked steadily back and forth back and forth four furrows out and four furrows back eight for each round trip with the faint calls of the night-birds sounding now and then and the stars and the friendly moon lighting his path his engine ran perfectly his plough bottoms cut clean furrows his combined rolling coulter and jointer cut through old trash which had grown on the ground and buried it in the bottom of the furrows to rot there and feed the new crop and filled the air spaces in the soil all things which have to be done to make the finest sort of seed bed to raise the plough bottoms when making a turn he had only to pull on a rope this started the machinery to raising them from the soil into the silvery moonlight when he had made his turn another pull of the rope lowered them pretty easy thought nathan i wonder what john alden would have thought if he had seen this i believe that he would have been too much amazed to hang on to his old plough handles of crooked white ash roots you can see that nathan's parents had told him much of the early history of our country and he and his brothers and sisters realized how the present grows out of the past then another thought came to him it is the same moon that shone down on the mayflower and on those first ploughed fields which is shining on me now it is the same one which shone on the indians before the mayflower landed and which saw the tiny patches beside the wigwams which they tilled with their hose of shell bone or stone tied onto wooden handles with thongs or withes just then a light flashed in one of the upper windows of the house and nathan big husky youth that he was began to think joyfully of the good things awaiting him on the dining-table presently mr alden came out to finish the night how does it go son he said what have you been thinking about while the rest of us slept it goes wonderfully answered nathan and i have been thinking about john alden and others good for you cried his father my forefathers were a fine clean-lived sturdy lot and here his eyes twinkled i am pretty well satisfied with my descendants the next day was fine and nathan mr alden and billy took turn and turn about tom being permitted to do the oiling and caring for the tractor plough during the very short halts in the work tom and margaret were also sent out on horseback to ask the neighboring farmers over to inspect the work that afternoon mr olgavie took the lead meeting all comers handing out printed folders mounting the tractor plough to show how absolutely straight it would run and how clean the mold-boards would scour by reason of the way in which they were made they and the shares being chilled in the casting and shaped precisely right for the soil in which they worked it is not so very many years he said since a manufacturer 
put a leather pocket on each plow beam to carry a paddle, and that paddle was to clear off the soil which kept sticking to the moldboard. And then you should have heard those farmers laugh. Nathan and Billy, remembering their father's favorite expression, decided that the man who made such devices needless was a benefactor of the race. Mr. Ogilvie left that night, and he carried with him orders for three more tractor plows to be delivered to the neighbors of the Aldens. Before going, he had a private talk with Mrs. Alden and left her an envelope addressed to Miss Elvira Alden Cook, an envelope which Mrs. Alden tucked carefully away in her top bureau drawer. Saturday noon came, and the rain clouds piled up in the west. Pile up, pile up, thou dark blue clouds, sang Margaret. Thou hast come too late to scare us. Nathan, making his last turn, waved a joyful hand to her from the field. Billy ran to open the door of the tool shed, where the place of honor stood empty, and Tom said, Gee, I believe that tractor plow is ready to stop. There is one good thing about it, isn't there? It doesn't eat when it isn't working. That is another difference between it and a horse. That's a difference between it and people, said Nathan, as he drove up, hollow-eyed but happy. I'm ready to eat all of Elvira's biggest pie, and then I'll sleep twenty-four hours. And then what? asked Margaret, mischievously, as the first raindrops fell and Tom shut the door of the tool shed. Then, said Nathan, I'll eat another pie and go to sleep again. Beat you to the house. He didn't beat them. He was too stiff from long sitting, but they all tumbled into the kitchen door in a bunch as the rain came down in sheets. Come in here to celebrate, called Mrs. Alden from the living room. Father is here already, and we are having a regular Thanksgiving of our own. I have the feast ready, said Elvira, passing great plates of popcorn. "'And I have the proclamation,' added Mrs. Alden, handing an envelope to her. "'What on earth?' exclaimed Elvira, turning it over and over in her hand. "'Open it, sis,' advised Nathan. "'That is what I do with my letters.' Elvira did, and read it aloud. "'My dear Miss Elvira,' it ran, "'I have been greatly interested and pleased by the fine way in which you young people work together, and by the way in which you respect and understand the farmer's calling. I have also greatly enjoyed your excellent cookery. May I express my appreciation of your hospitality, and of the orders which you helped me secure, by giving you the enclosed check to share with your brothers and sisters, and by wishing you the very biggest kind of a big day next Monday. Sincerely yours, Alexander Ogilvy. Elvira unfolded the check. Twenty-five dollars, she exclaimed in an odd tone. Five dollars apiece. Think of it. That's great, exclaimed Billy. I know how I will spend mine. I know how I'll spend mine, said Margaret. That man, remarked Tom solemnly, is a benefactor of the race. Everyone laughed but Nathan. Dear, good, fine, tired Nathan. He smiled happily, but he said nothing. Nathan had done much thinking during those silent, moonlit nights. He was thinking 
of the other benefactors of the race men who were ahead of their time who understood the needs of their people who chose to work hard and think hard and to spend their savings on experiments in order that ploughs might draw better cut cleaner deeper furrows in all sorts of soil bury the old vegetation more perfectly and ensure better harvests they were indeed benefactors of the race End of chapter nine